You are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where illumination and inspiration is but a click away. With so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life, we celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of our Global Veterans. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. And we have um, a wonderful vet here with us today. And we're going to be talking to a veteran who is a Sergeant Major Tom Satterley. We're going to talk a little bit about his journey as a veteran. Um, the journey that he took in operations uh, uh, across the pond. You know, we honor our veterans and the sacrifice and the work that they've done for us. And we need to step up and do the work for them when they come back. But his book is All Secure, a special operations soldier's fight to survive on the battlefield and on the home front. We kind of think, why should they have to battle on the home front? But they do. There's a they do not come back the same person that they went out. And so he has, because of all these missions that he's done and desperately fought for his own life and rescued hostages and killed and captured terrorist leaders and seen friends maimed and killed around him. Um, all Secure is a part of Tom's journey. It's into a world of dark and dangerous that most Americans can't contemplate even exists. So he came back from all of this and what did he do? he started a foundation, All Secure Foundation. So we really want to go in and learn this story from him and find out the why. You know, we, that's your journey. You went over there and you faced some atrocities and you had to do some things that no man should ever have to do. And it does change one quite considerably, but it changed your approach on the home front of what was needed and how you could help other veterans and how you could also educate other people. So welcome to the show, Tom. Thank you. I'm humbled and honored to be here. Um, people ask me why I do veteran shows because I'm not a pro-war person, but I most certainly celebrate the veteran that comes back. It's not just the battle on the battlefront that you have fought. When you come back, you are a different person. Everybody remembers you as you were when you left and expects that same person to come back, but you can't. There's no way you can come back to be that same person. And you have a different battle on the home front. And it's a different journey altogether, isn't it? It's a different fight. Yeah. And, and in one way, you don't have the same camaraderie as you had on the battlefront. And this is why I do these shows is because I know that veterans are for veterans. They're not only here to show other people the strength and the courage that they can find in their own lives, but you veterans really do stick together and stand up for each other and help each other. And I really do commend that. So how about you share a little bit of your story so we can get a gist of Tom and the journey that he's taken. Now, my story starts out in middle America, just Indiana growing up, um, you know, um, between the cornfields in, in an urban area and my life was normal. It was, it was headed to college. Actually, it was like any other kid. I had no idea where I was going um, <laughs> until the last minute. And uh, I was going to go to college and I'd started working, building houses and going to college. And my friend had gone to basic training and come back and he was on his way to Germany. 
and he was bragging about the military, how fun it was and basic training only, but um, that's all his experiences, you know, would allow. And to me, it sounded like a way out of Indiana. It sounded like a way to learn some skills, even though at the time I had no idea what that would be. And it just, it would just get me out of the house, give me a paycheck and get me some training because I wasn't um, taking good care of my parents' money in college as well. So, mm -hmm. so uh, by the time we had completed a one hour drive to a concert, a John Cougar concert, we, um, he had talked me into joining the military, which I subsequently did without telling my parents or anyone. And, um, and signed up for a delayed entry, which would have been February 86 that put me in, in, the, in the military. And I was gonna give it four years, get college money and get out. And I spent three of those years in Germany and the experiences that I had in Germany were, were fun. They were climbing a ladder of professionalism. I was surrounding myself with more and more trained people. And so I decided to re-enlist and try to be a Green Beret. Mm. And it was hard to get in because I, I had gotten promoted fast I needed some schools like primary leadership development course and special forces wouldn't take me without this course. So I set my course to, to take that school, go to airborne school and end up at Fort Bragg, which would give me a path to the Green Berets. And, and that played out pretty well. Went to the, the selection, month long selection, and then a six month long training course, and then four months of language school. And I immediately wanted to go to a different unit. I had, I had heard about it from a couple of people who approached me and said they thought I had what it takes to be in the unit and described what that meant to, to them because I had no idea. And it sounded better and it sounded like I'd get more opportunity. So I, I took that chance as well and made selection and, and another six months in training and then another two years on probation. And then I was accepted into the unit that took me straight to my first combat experience, which was uh, Black Hawk down in Samoa. Wow. Wow. We all know about that. Is that the one relating to the movie? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. An 18 hour long firefight in one mission that, yes. that kind of shaped my life, really. That's, that's when I started to decline and, and improve as a person at the same mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. You know, I was neglecting my family. I was neglecting, um, well, I'm on my fourth and my last wife. And uh, <laughs> I, have to, I have to say my last wife. And um, well, actually, if you look at your pattern, you've been in training all along. So this one, you've got it right, right? I've, I've got it all down now. <laughs> I certainly know what to do now. And um, I, I chose work over family. I chose work over everything. And that's what I dove my entire life into. And if you think about it, that's what people in any, any organization yeah. that do well do. Yes. They, they neglect one thing to be good at another, to climb the ladder and be a, a, a CEO, own your own company, whatever it is but everyone does it that reaches a certain level. And then like a pro sports team, when I got to that level, I had to fight for 20 years to maintain that level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I never considered the fact that young kids moving up, any mistake would push you aside. Um, yes. Any kind of significant sign of weakness would make nobody trust you. So you wouldn't be able to work with anyone. So I fought every day to be a better person thinking I wasn't good enough all along the way. Again, neglecting family, neglecting myself, because my entire life I never felt I was good enough and I was always striving to do better. So it made me a better work person or a better trained work person, but yeah. it made me a worse human being. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when did that epiphany happen? You know, um, Somalia, it started. Mm -hmm. that was, I was in the unit two years at the time. 
and I was just off probation and then boom, they drop us in Somalia. And, and some of those missions went okay. The first five or six were, were normal. You know, you come back and you're telling stories about how scared you were and you shot at somebody, they shot at you and nobody got hurt that you could tell. And, oh, that's combat. Wow. You know? And then um, the 18 hour firefight where we lost, I think 19 were killed and 98 were wounded. And wow. I spent that 18 hours and I had decided that I was going to die. I knew it. I had relented to the fact that I was going to die. And I think that's when I changed. Mm-hmm. And then over the next 18 years of training and, and divorces and isolation and just striving to be better. Um, and then the combat in Iraq that I was a leader in, which was worse than being just a young guy running around breaking stuff. I'm in charge of everybody. And now anybody that gets hurt is, is on my soul, really. And... I started to realize I had given up empathy, mm-hmm. hope. I, I didn't really care about anything except getting my, my friends home alive and, and keeping them unharmed and doing my job perfectly. So if you can just do all that every day for 90 days at a time in combat, doing anywhere between one to 10 missions a night and stay normal, I'd like to meet that person. Um, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You know, as you say, whether it's the home front battlefield and somebody mm-hmm. climbing up the corporate ladder or, you know, out on the battlefield, when that is your entire focus, something else has to give. And, you know, you said you gave up empathy, but you didn't. You had empathy for your fellow soldiers. You know, they were un- under, you, you had their souls. I love that term. You had their souls in your hands. And to keep them alive was where your empathy was. Um, so you didn't give it up, you know, it didn't, you didn't lose it. It just redirected. But I, I love that. I'm going to use that because, um, yeah, I, I was referring to empathy outside of that element and that's what right. I always consider. Mm-hmm. And that was my downfall after the military. Right. I had zero empathy for everyone else now and I had to learn it again. So, wow, I love that. And I'm going to keep that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Um, you have to be tough, thick-skinned, be able to act in a microsecond when you're out in those kind of, you know, places. And, you know, I interviewed one guy where he said that he kept signing up and going back because he was addicted to the adrenaline. When he came home, everything was so dead. And, and like, he, he never climbed down enough to be able to be a part of or integrate back into society. So he kept signing up and going back and going back. And it was somebody actually introducing him to yoga that actually helped him find his center and be able to come back and and be a part of life again. You know, what was it for you that, you know, suddenly had you realizing, um, I can't do this anymore. I'm so utterly detached. I had, um, gone through a, fa- uh, a long, long phase, years of blaming everyone for my issues as well as their own issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do know. until we learn. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Everybody had a problem. I said, well, you got yourself there. And I just drove on. So I had that no empathy to, to care mm-hmm. for any, any of those people. And, and, um, and then the day that I needed help was, was a day I almost killed myself and a simple a simple text message, well, several of them that, that disturbed my process that caused me to look at my phone in the middle of taking, wanting to take my own life and then reading a text that said, you're late. And then I read backwards, are you okay? Is everything all right? You seemed off today. But the, the last one was you're late. Mm-hmm. And I, I immediately had a mission again mm-hmm. and, I, and I never wanted to be late. So that literally snapped me out of it. 
and not and so it, many are, are that lucky are they you know? no and it, it comes on so fast it was yeah. a it was a normal sad day i couldn't wait to start drinking again um and we were working and then when we were done that day and i just had that five minute period of i'm the problem I'm ruining everyone's lives. I'm going to, I'm going to take myself out because I'm no longer needed as a warrior. I'm no longer needed. Right. So, mm -hmm. so why even be here? My mission's fulfilled. And then it, I look back on that now and it realized how easy it was to help me. Mm -hmm. The simple act of a text of a mission of knowing that someone cared enough to reach out, stopped me. And that's when we, we figured out we wanted to do our foundation to stop the suicides. Yeah. And then it grew to helping families reintegrate because everyone screams to us, why am I so angry? Why do I scream at my kids and wife and right. help me with my relationship, please? Yes. Bottom line, it's the core of everything. You know, as I said, it everybody is. expects you to come back the same and you are not. And you, you've, you've lost yourself. You gave yourself over to your duty. Now your duty is no longer required. You know, I'm simple woman of purpose if i'm not in purpose if i'm not serving someone i feel useless right. what's the point of me and i can understand that you know being a soldier coming back well i've got no one to fight and that's where the anger is because you're not spending the anger you the part of surviving is to stay in that anger isn't it it is and I, you know wow what do you do with this anger now i don't know where to put it and yet, relax, relax. I don't know what's over my shoulder. You know, who's coming out to the left and the right flank, you know, and you're still in battle mode. And the people don't understand that, that, you know, it takes time to deprogram and insert right. something else in its place. The veterans don't understand that. I, I did not understand that for years, mm. even after my suicide attempt, near attempt. And beyond that, I still, I still sunk lower. Mm -hmm. looking for that connection, looking and fighting the depression, fighting the, the stigma that, oh, I have a disorder. No, that's not me. You know, people are just weak. Um, I, I hear it every day now. I hear yeah. myself and other people every day. And I realize it's just training. It's yes. not a disorder. I need to retrain you yes. with, your, with, with your new tribe on your new mission. And that's yeah. it. And when we say that and we give people tasks to do, and their first task is to get to know your spouse mm -hmm. for our retreats. We, we run six to seven retreats a year right now for couples, for 10 couples at a time. And we get them reacclimated to themselves. They get to know each other. They have to write letters to each other before they arrive and then give those letters uh, towards the end. And it's funny how those letters would have been rewritten had we done it after the retreat, right? The awareness yeah. and the awakening of both in the, in the, in the relationship and in the entire group, it was, wasn't war storytelling mm -hmm. because those are just stories, whether you have PTS or depression from a bad day at work, or you lost yeah. you're, you're a doctor and you lost a patient or, you know, you lost your mom or you saw a car wreck. That's yeah. just the story of what depressed you and gave you PTS. Now, what does it take to get you as an individual out of that? Right. It's different for everyone. It's different. Well, on many levels because people take different levels of stress and it takes different levels to get them back out. Some snap back out, simple PTS, they go on with their lives. The veterans get complex PTS from the repeated trauma over and over again over years. And now they don't have a tribe at home and they walk in there's the mission, dirty dishes, scream at the kids, <laughs> the house is messy, scream at the wife, you know, and oh, yes. why, why couldn't I clean the house up? Oh, by the way. So we give them a new language to speak. Um, new ways to work on the triggers and, and to identify when they get angry and to stop 
and change direction right there. I, I literally would tell jokes in the middle of an argument and my wife would get mad at me because I should have told her what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But I would start telling jokes to try to stop myself because I didn't want to fight. Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't help myself from taking over the situation and winning and mm-hmm. being right and surviving. Yes, because that's what you knew. And, you know, a little bit of your personality from the word go, because it's for you, it's always about learning to be better, learning to be better, learning to be better. And so, you know, that's kind of your drive. And, you know, you can't go against your character. You can't go against your DNA personality. But if you know you're a person that's always striving and driving, you know, to be the best you can and to, to, to do more, then it's put it in a direction that's going to serve other people like you have done with the foundation. Because now it's not just self-serving, it's self-rewarding, but it's serving other people. And when you see uh, an accomplishment come out of that, that is a battle won bigger than any battle you've ever fought, isn't it? It, it really is. And, and you said several things along the way about us being aggressive and warriors and, and tough and strong and have thick skin. And, and that's all a false wall we put yeah. up. Yeah. We're the biggest babies at home. When I, get a, <laughs> when I get the flu, I'm a baby. My wife gets the flu. She's driving the kids to school even though I offer. I'm good. I'm like... Wow. But you see, that's our battlefront. We're used to doing that. You know, um, let's talk about spouses for a while. As I said, you're on number four. People don't realize what this is doing to families when their spouses are away. Right. You know, they have no idea if they're going to have somebody knocking at the door with the bad news. You know, um, it's literally day by day. And when they hear from them, it's wonderful. But then it's short and sweet. Um, and then the kids, you know, the parent, if it's generally the mother at home, right, raising the kids, and they don't know, are they going to be, you know, um, a widow any moment now? And how is that going to affect the kids? And then dad comes home, like if he comes home briefly for a couple of days, it's all hallelujah, icing on the cake, right? That's the parade. But, but when he comes home permanently and he ain't dad anymore, you know, and who is this guy? It's very disrupting for everyone because mom's been fighting her own battlefield as a single mom in a lot of ways. Never, never right? considered it. Right. Exactly. Right. And so the two of you have gone through your battles and it's finding a way back to each other where you can battle together. And that is, you know, as you said, that's where that lack of empathy came in because you can only feel you. And, but that was also part of your empathy kind of trying to find its way out again. Because again, as you said, your empathy for your soldiers to keep them alive was on a totally different level than what you would have for your family. Absolutely. And it's the same amount of, of work to be put into it. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I, I tell all the veterans um, and active duty that we work with, you've been given the tools to do a great job at work. Just redirect, reshift that energy at home. Use the same tools you've been given to make a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, discuss different options and different way aheads to get there. And what is your end state? And when's it due? Oh, by the way, if you want to call it all the military terms you want, just so you can understand what it is and slowly transition into civilian terms or not calling it anything, just doing it, just living your life with emotions. Um, refining your emotions was amazing for me and, and weird. And watching home improvement shows and I would start to cry when they reveal the house. You know, I feel so happy for that family. I'm, yes. I'm like, like, what's wrong with me? This is weird. <laughs> so many of my friends are going through the same thing as I, as I put that out there on social media. And every time I have a talk, 
they'll call or text, oh my God, me too. I thought something was wrong with me. I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> I hear I was crying all the time, but it's, it's, it's those uh, emotions that we've just suppressed for so long. And you're starting to find that that's normal. To feel happy for others is normal. And that's, but- that's the beauty of it. You know, quite honestly, there is. I, I'm, I'm one of these people where when a crisis comes, I deal with it. I've stepped right up into the role. Right? Right. I've got my sensible hat on. Um, but I'll cry at a commercial. I went to see Little Women yesterday, cried at that, you know. And my tears are kind of reserved in, in other ways. But I don't cry at the crisis. Right. And because, you, you know, you, some of us are automatically step into what needs to be done. And that's okay. And so if you're crying at these other things, it's just your, your whole psyche releasing. And it's okay to cry at that, you know, cute puppies, wonderful kittens, lovely stories. Right. <laughs> you know, let it go, let it flow. Right. I have a story about that. A friend of ours who was also in the unit, um, his son joined the military and was a combat medic. His son um, several years ago came home uh, and just before Christmas shot himself on his front yard. Oh my God. And he did not want to go back. And he had run outside and was doing CPR and mouth to mouth. And he was together. He was in work mode. The police yes. really suspected him right off the bat because he showed zero emotions about it. And they pulled him aside and they're like, we're really worried about you, the way you were taking care of your own son, knowing he was dead, but not stopping and, mm-hmm. and giving orders when we got here. He said, that's all I know. Yeah. And there was a crisis. I tried to manage it. Right. And now I have to deal with this the rest of my life. And yeah. We talk all the time to him um, as he has relapses and emotions and memories, but he's doing so much better getting it out and, uh, and reliving that moment as a father, mm-hmm. not an operator who's trying to save another soldier who just so happened to be his son. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, that training that you've had there is, you know, that automatic. I mean, whether you are a veteran or whether you're somebody that's the first responder, you know, what they have to see, you know, cutting people out of cars or, you know, in the trauma unit. Um, at some point, it catches up with you. Uh, I think there are very few people have a very long career in those departments because of the fact that how can you not at some point have it get to you? And if it's your own family member, like you can save all your, your comrades out there, but your own son, you couldn't. So, yeah, it's... Um, immediate shame failure yes, cycle that the uh, whole thing and, and of course the, he's got to go on the forgiveness journey and that is one of the hardest things for us to do is forgive ourselves um because in you know very often it's there is no blame but there is that shame what makes us feel at fault and so I've, we feel we have to forgive for something you know i've learned that if someone's going to take their own life they're going to yes. do it if they're going to do it oh, speaking to other friends of ours um a mother lost a son who shot himself just, just before this Christmas um, with, with his father's weapon, you know, from the car. And she had talked to him, texted him five minutes earlier. Are you okay? You seem off today. You know, he'd been getting treatment, but she did everything right. She did everything she should have. He was honest about everything. And just, it was one of those things again. And there's that guilt, blame, yeah. everything that goes on. And you can't take those emotions away. You just have to work through that right. process. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there is no snap out it. of it. There is no get over it. No. Right. You know, I, I know I interviewed a woman who lost her son to suicide. And she said, I knew that day was going to come. And it was just prolonging, prolonging because he had such severe depression. And he would go down the rabbit hole so deep. And then, you know, they'll pull him out. But it just got to be one rabbit hole too many one day and that was it 
And she didn't put any blame or shame on him for doing it. You know, it was more the fact that he actually managed to come out of it so many times before the end. But we've also got to realize that sometimes that is our journey. You know, it's, it, there is people that commit suicide as an avoidance or, you know, um, for different reasons. But when, when your life is just so riddled with pain, whether it be physical or emotional pain, and you just cannot, cannot, no matter what you've done or tried, I understand it. And uh, we, when we see an animal in pain, you know, we let them go. Why can we not let humans go when they cannot take the pain anymore? That's the thing we deal with the most is, is letting go of those emotions of the survivors. It's, they want to blame themselves. And, they, and yeah. in their stories, they tell me all the things that they have done. Mm. The years of help, the years of, of, of therapy and going to hospitals and medications and health and this and that. And he was fine. And then he took his own life. You know, I, I've come to believe that that was the end of that person's journey. Yes. Their time yes. on this earth yeah. is ended. They've done what they needed to do. Now take that travesty and turn it into something good. That's you know, the point, like, isn't it? I could worry about all my friends I've lost over the years. Mm -hmm. And I think about them all the time, but I think about them in a different light now versus the sadness and sorrow. And, oh, I can't, I can't believe he's gone 20 years now. It's like, no, I'm going to live in his, you know, in his name and, and I'm going to do great things yeah. with his memory and all their memories. And they wouldn't want us sitting around miserable, getting drunk and, oh, by the way, considering suicide every day. Right. They wouldn't want it. No, no, they wouldn't. You know, this is their choice of their life that is gone or maybe it was taken from them. But it, it isn't about you dying with them because that's not right. how you got each other's back, right? Do you right. know a Bobby Henline? Uh, I don't think I do. Okay, another wonderful vet. His hummy blew up. All of his friends were killed. He was burnt severely right in his skull, his arm, uh, lost part of his arm, literally has had to have his face completely rebuilt. And what got him out of it is uh, being comedic. And he's now a stand-up comedian. And he goes around, you know, speaking on behalf of vets and, and doing his comedian shows. And I know the battle. I've interviewed him three times now. I know the battle that he goes through. I have interviewed other burn victims where they simply say the itching is what gets you because mm. the skin is dead and you're itching all day long. You know what it's like when you get one itch. Imagine uh, all day yeah. long. And, but it's the fact that they decided to redirect into something positive. And now right. he takes his humor and he has a, you know, um, a, a PSD dog, a companion dog, and uh, he has good days and bad days. Um, but he takes himself out and he goes out there to make others laugh. And that has become his purpose now. And wow. I, you know, that courage and that strength every day to face that is really what I do celebrate. But not all of us have that strength within us to do right. that. And if we do, then that's where you find your purpose like you have now with the foundation. You know, it's for you now is this is my purpose. This is bringing people together. This is making sure that relationships are rebuilt, um, that the relationship with self is rebuilt. But not everyone can do it. And it does require a, a daily strength and a daily courage. It does. I, it really does. I, was, uh, I didn't believe I was doing it when I first started doing it. I felt felt like a fraud. I felt like my friends were going to laugh at me or not reach out or no one would ask. And what do I know? And uh, it came so fast that I was just working like, like at work. I was yes. just 
handling crisis after crisis, talking to people, hoping I was saying the right thing, but just diving in and doing it and making sure this is not therapy. We're just talking about what helped me. You know, yes. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a person that has a story that, oh, by the way, here was my path out. And I've taken so many that one of them might work for you too, but don't mm -hmm. stop at one. And daily the, the sadness comes in and we cry on the phone. My wife cries on the phone with people all day. And then we turn and we're laughing on the phone with the same people. And then it repeats the next day. So it's like that anchor and that sail at the same mm. time, you know, one will slow you down and the sails pulling and then you pull that anchor up a little bit and you take off and it's, it's great and everybody's happy. And then you get those late night phone calls that terrify me or that wake up in the morning and look at my phone really fast. Okay. Did anybody text me? You know, we're not a crisis hotline, but people reach yeah. out when they see something and they want it, they reach out for it. And we don't like to not answer the phones. Right. So it's uh it's very rewarding. It's very um, comforting and cathartic for me to help people with what hurt and helped me mm -hmm. and the similar stories. They're so similar, <clears throat> excuse me, both everyone that is, it's almost the easiest thing I've done that mm -hmm. it's that I can relate to everybody that I talk to. My wife talks to the spouses. She talks to the veterans as well. I'll get the spouses calling me. And, and I just give them straight love and, and, and yeah. tough love, you know, and I've, I've had phone calls. I've cheated on my wife five times and, and she caught me again and I want her back. And can I talk? I'm like, sure, I'll talk to you. And uh, that's the culture. And, and oh, by the way, now you got caught again. I said, why do you want to be married with your wife? Yeah. Well, I love, I love her so much. I go, do you? Because your actions aren't showing that you've cheated mm -hmm. six times now. Why would she take you back? Sometimes marriage isn't the answer for you. It's just the known comfort. Yeah. yeah. That, that's what the you're security blanket. And you're afraid to cut it away. Yeah. I go find out if you love your wife and show her. And if she'll take you back, then she'll take you back, you know, but I can't force people to take people back. And yeah. we don't take people at our, at our retreats that are on the path to divorce. They need other help. Yeah. We, we want people and, that and want just, to yeah. work. Right. And the thing is, it's the seeing that there is something to save. But if you've got to a right. point that really now you're just two different people than when you first started, you know, it's let each other go with respect and love. Right. And right? That, that, that would detract from the rest of the group who's working on it. Yeah. We had a couple in, in, our, in our last group. She didn't even know where she was going. Oh, no. He told her she was going to the spa. And oh, no. She, she was at one point, but the rest of it was a couple's retreat. And she was done with him pretty much. And so was one of those things like, wow. So let's focus a lot of attention over here. And, uh, you know, ultimately I don't think it worked out, but you know, that's why we have a, we do form forms and our therapist looks at them before people show up to find out where they're at in their relationship. And she'll assess that these people are not really ready to come here if they were honest on their forms. Yeah. In, in my counseling work, somebody once pointed out, sorry, do you know that you're the breakup coach? <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, I didn't realize that, but it, it comes into every single person is on a journey in life of self-discovery. This is my self-discovery network. And the thing about that self-discovery is who are we? You know, what is our instrument in life? How well do we play it? What orchestra can we bring it to? You know, does it resonate? Does it invite other people? And our life's journey is discovering what that instrument is, an instrument of purpose. But when we talk about love, we're all seeking love. But you can't be needy in love. You've got to have a love of self. You've got to have a kindness and caring for self. 
to resonate on that vibration, that frequency, that will invite other people who are on the same level. And then it's two people who care about themselves to come together to care about each other. But if you're chasing love to nurture you, to comfort you because you're broken and you've got nothing to give back, that is not going to work. So I think the first and foremost in anything, whether it's a veteran or anyone, be willing to do the work to find the love within yourself. Because without that, what have you got to give? You have to love yourself to start anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we, tell, we tell everybody, put on your oxygen mask first. Yes. You have to. You can't help others if you can't help yourself. You can't love others if you don't love yourself. And it's a lot of, a lot of the veterans just say, I'm going to pack up, move to Montana, which has the highest suicide rate in the nation, by the way. But they think they want to pack up, move to a log cabin and get away from people. They right. think that people are their problem. When we as humans crave connection, we, yes. we need it. We're, we're built so, as, as teams, as a village, right. as, you know, yeah, we are a community. And mm -hmm. I try to tell them you need connection. You need people or you're going to feel out of a tribe. You're going to feel alone. And that's when I worry about you the most. And they talk about, no, I love to be alone. I love to be alone. I said, think about this. Why do we use isolation in prisons as a punishment? Right. Why does mm -hmm. it drive people crazy? Yeah. We crave a connection. We crave a tribe of two, if that's all you have. Yeah. But you always want someone else there. And then you always want someone else there to appreciate and love you so you can appreciate and love something else or someone else back. So we try to break that train of thought that they have that's been beaten into them in the military yeah. uh, for so long that it's not people that are the problem. Right. It's, it's how you interact with people that might be the problem. And, and are you coming from a place of defense? You see so many veterans now, um, you know, having dogs and, you know, a dog is pure love, you know, and that they, they will give everything to you. They're so loyal. They're so loving. They're so comforting. They know when you hurt, you know, and, and the joy that they bring every single day, there's a smile. A dozen smiles that you're going to get from a pet, whether it's a cat or a dog or horse or whatever. Um, but to see how people change so much when they have an animal to care for and that love, unconditional love coming back is really a wonderful door opener in that self-discovery of love, isn't it? it? It really is. And they don't even realize that they're taking care of something. Yeah. That, that animal needs them. Yes. And they think they need that animal. Yeah. I mean, they really need a connection, yeah. humans or whatever. That animal's great to give service to and take care of and that helps you but now that animal doesn't talk that animal can't tell you yeah. to help you other than a self-assessment of you know okay do i mistreat my animal and then i feel bad about it or or you know there's horrible people that do things like that as well and it's it doesn't really show in my opinion that that the dog is there to pull out of you mm. giving service to something and taking care and give you a mission yeah. And it's funny that most people that have those animals think that the animal's doing that for them. And they do by licking and loving and, and, and showing the happy and waving the tail. But imagine if that was a human that could understand you in a deeper level and, and speak back with you and share feedback. Yeah. You know? I think it sometimes might be a bridge, though, because other people then come to the dog. Oh, your dog is so lovely. And it starts oh. forming a conversation. And so the dog becomes that, that buffer in starting to interact with humans because oh somebody loves my dog i love my dog and you're going to talk about your dog and you know and, and for some people it becomes that 
door opener where they just look at another human and go, oh, I don't want to talk to you. Now somebody loves my dog, I could talk to you about my dog. So I think it depends on where the level is or what kind of personality trait the person is. But sometimes it becomes the conversation that gets them out of themselves. No, you're absolutely right. Even, even the angry veterans with the dog, I've seen them, don't pet my dog. It says don't pet. And and 20 minutes later in the airport, I see all these kids hugging on him. He's yes. laughing with the kids. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, no. yeah. there's, that, there's that grumpy old vet broken down now. So. Right, exactly. And there's something <laughs> about a kid and, and, and an animal that will just make you go, boo, 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 boo. It's seeing, seeing pure joy, you yes. know, to witness pure joy. I, I, a lot of the veterans they talk about, I asked about their relationship with their children because my son's 20. I, I don't have a relationship with him. Uh, I'm trying. I, I don't blame him. I was right. never there. I was probably angry when I was home. So, um, you know, in time, hopefully that'll work out. But I talk to them now. I say, you have children now. They're young. Yes. Okay. Do you ever play with them? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. Do you get down on the floor at their level? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I, I can't. I just can't. I, go, I couldn't either. I go, but listen, it'll bring you joy. It'll, it'll bring them healing and connection because they need it too. You need it. So you force yourself to get down there, do some things. It become easier the more you do it. We're so yeah. used to that muscle memory of this side of the world and this side mm. of things that we think that's the way things are. You see it on social media. Everything's polarized 50, 50. I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. You're a Democrat, Republican, Trump, and this and that. It's like everyone's so eager to just be angry and it's muscle memory. And that we, we just turn to that. We try to break that muscle memory. Just, you know, we're all humans. We're all Americans. We're all for the same cause. We all really want the same things yeah. is to live happily and, and do the things we want and be happy. Why is there so much anger in, in, when we all want the same things? I've done quite a number of shows on that. And I've got a, a show on smiles tomorrow, actually. It'll be on the same week as you. And, you know, how a smile begets a smile. Just simply smiling at someone. Have a good day. You know, for somebody who maybe I'm not seen, I'm not heard, I don't count. And somebody says, have a good day. Oh, I'm seen. You know, uh, and body and it, language. Yes. You'll, you'll see them yes. slumped over and frowning yeah. and then they get happy and they, they stand up. They're proud of themselves again, just like animals where their heads are down. I always bring their chins back up yeah. and start wagging their tail because they feel proud. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and, kindness uh, of opening the door for someone, picking something up for someone. Can I help you with your groceries? You know, uh, seeing someone sad and going over, hey, mate. Looking a little down, is there anything I can do? You know, I think one of the worst things with human beings, and, and, and in my training I've always found this, is where people feel not seen and not heard, and that they don't count, right? Absolutely. And, and we want to count. We want to know we're here for a purpose, we're here for a reason, because we are designed to contribute to society. And if you feel that you've got nothing to contribute, you think, well, what's my purpose? So you have to go on that game, that self-discovery of what is your contribution? And sometimes to simple kindness, simple caring, the simple smile, you know, doing something for other people. Go and volunteer somewhere. You don't know what to do or where to go. Go and volunteer somewhere and help somebody that's in trouble with small things. You know, the, the kitchen, giving food to the homeless. It's their only meal in the last couple of days. See how it lifts you up, how it ignites that heart and soul again. But we have to be, no matter who we are or what we're going through, proactive in our own lives, don't we? Absolutely. A, a soup kitchen was my first service to give back. Mm -hmm. And I, I hated the idea of it. And I did it for two and a half weeks. And some of the nicest people I ever met. Yeah. The people I was working with, they were living in a halfway house out of prison. Those, I was, when I got there, I was like, uh, walls up. Yep. And all these people needing food. And, uh, you know, why don't you get a job? And yeah. 
and you guys are in prison and I got to stand next to you. And then I left That's some of the nicest people I ever met and, and getting to know those people in need and wow, um, broke my heart and my soul open and allowed more in. And I, and I tell everybody talking about smiling, begets a smile. I, I have this constant face that I think I'm smiling at it. That wasn't my wife brought it up. And so I started thinking, Oh, well, I'm just going to go around and for two days and smile as much as I can everywhere I go. And it changed my whole aspect, my whole outlook mm-hmm. on the day. People were talking and nice to me instead of seeing a, a big grumpy guy coming, <laughs> or, oh, I would turn away too. Oh, the grizzly's coming. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's this smiley guy that's just opening doors for people and saying hi to everyone. Right. And I, I realized that you will find what you're looking for. And when I'm looking to be angry and I'm looking for negative things, I'll find them all the time. And when right. I look for happiness and joy, I also found that. And oh, by the way, didn't see the anger and grumpy stuff out there. You know, I saw what I was looking for and looking at. And so I try to do that. And I tell everyone that all the time as well. You'll find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? You're looking for anger and blame. You'll find it anywhere you look, you'll find it. Watch watch your water will grow. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and, and some people, you just gotta be angry. They haven't got rid of, you know, the, the pain or whatever. And, and this is why, you know, sometimes, an extreme sport would be good, you know, um, getting in the gym, you know, uh, lifting weights, doing something that kind of burns off some physical energy, put the anger into that and release it. And, you know, then it's like, okay, I've, I've taken that deep breath. Uh, now it's time I can go step into some kindness. It's hard to step into kindness from pure anger. Well, don't take your anger out on, on anyone. Go to the gym or go and do something, go for a jog, you know, go and do something that will spend it. Because you can't deny the anger, can you? No, you have to address it. You have to deal with it. But it's when when you deal with it and how do you deal with it. Yes. I've, I've learned to take breaks. I'm a pursuer. I want to fix things now. That was my job. I, yes. I can't let things sit. My wife's like, oh, let's just let's think about this for a day or two. And I'm like, no, no, no. So we've learned to break apart if an argument starts come back 15 minutes later, maybe uh, readdress to see what's going on. And things have changed so much for us. The You've allowed. Having, You've allowed. Mm-hmm. I've allowed things to happen. I've allowed myself to um, feel part of the family versus, you know, you guys don't like me, you know, they're my stepkids and, you know, and I don't even live here. I moved here. And I was looking at all the negative reasons right. of why I felt bad. And it, I felt bad because I was looking at all those negative things. Right. Yep, and I'm like, exactly. wow, I, I created my own misery and I'm trying to get out of it. And I don't know how, yet I created it. It, it was just, when I explain that to people, they're like, oh, wow. If you make people think about why they act the way they do and how they behave and consider it more, they really come back and say, you know, I've really learned to break the habit of this or the habit of that, because that was my habit. It was the habit of being angry and aggressive all the time versus I'll just pick up the dishes just, just every now and then, or just, just do this or do that or lovingly say something because I w- I'm a teacher. So I would go on and on. Of yeah. course, <laughs> after about five seconds, the preacher, you know, not the teacher. <laughs> right. After five seconds, my stepdaughter's like, Oh, a lecture. I'm like a lecture. You don't know what a lecture is. <laughs> been hours and hours. I'm like, I don't need to teach as much as love and, yes. nurture, and they'll yes. watch, you know, people remember how you make them feel not what you tell them. So exactly. Exactly. You know, it's, it's like, you when somebody's an alcoholic and they've um, come home, fallen down wherever they are, vomit everywhere, and people are inclined to clean them up and then wake up the next day. What are you talking about? 
And, you know, they say, no, leave the people in the mess. Let them wake up in it. Let them wake up in what the bed they laid. And, you know, I, I always use mirror therapy. And if you're angry, pull up my mirror. Go right. and get angry to that mirror and see how that mirror reacts back. <laughs> I've <laughs> Do done that. Do you like it? Do you like <laughs> it? Did it feel good? No. <laughs> I've literally done that and, and looked at the mirror and laughed at myself thinking, mm-hmm. is that what I look like when I'm trying to yeah. be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's not comfortable, joke. is it? Like, no. oh my God, is this what people see? Yeah. Right? I really like, had to work on that. I had to work on my presence because I was always inferior feeling sunken right. in just yeah. just closed off and people see that and and it's hard to get that through to warriors um mm-hmm. especially fresh off of the battlefield and out of retirement yeah they eventually always come around they yeah. always come around as some i talked to a, a gentleman from the battle of the bulge he heard mm-hmm. me speak uh, a couple months ago and he was crying and we were crying together and he's like i i never told anybody i always hurt i'm gonna get help He's 90 something. Yes. And then Vietnam bets the same way. And then guys getting out. I'll say, I'm going to tell you one thing. You're going to hurt up until the time you start getting help. Yeah. And then, then you're on your way. You can wait 25 years and then start getting help and, and be miserable the whole time. You can start right now, but you're going to start sooner or later. And the thing is, the thing is, um, you know, if you're, if you're, what you're doing it through your foundation you're doing it through your book um a scott Husing, i don't know if you know him um the battle of um i can't remember Egla, it's a word i can't remember but you know i interviewed him when his book first came out and then he had people read it and and um parents and family members of vets read it and then i interviewed him again sometime later and he said i am blown away by the impact of people coming up to me and thanking me because they had a better understanding of what their sons and daughters went through. And they said, you know, all they were saying, you're telling my story and I couldn't tell my story. You told it for me. So, you know, writing a book and starting a foundation is your way of sharing. I went through this. We can all get through this on the other side if we're willing to work on it. And you have no idea the impact that you have on other people unless they reach out and tell you, which I encourage people to do. But it's, it's that wonderful ripple effect, isn't it? One ripple at a time and it reaches people when they're ready to, to, to be reached. So tell us about the book. Wow, the book takes you from my childhood to, to show the normalcy mm-hmm. um, and that I've had the same problems as everyone else, that being bullied and you know trying to struggle my way through and I wasn't handed everything. And then it, it takes you through my military career. And, and within the military career, it shows you, it talks about like the, Black Hawk Down incident from from that from the movie Black Hawk Down, you know, and it and then the uh, Saddam Hussein capture that I was in on and how we caught him, and it has other other uh, combat missions in there that haven't been heard before. And within that, it's not just oh here's war stories. It's these war stories destroyed me, Mm. and I allowed it to destroy me. And oh here's my personal life along the way as well in each story. And then it takes you to my lowest point, and it, which was my wedding night, not the night, I, not the day I almost killed myself, but my wedding night, my 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 current wife's wedding night. And I almost ruined my whole life then too. And that's when I hit bottom. That's when I saw true love, um, and empathy, and wanted out of the hole I was in. And yeah. my wife stuck her hand down, and I grabbed it, and I was right out of that hole. And 
now I'm out of the hole, but I'm working the entire time not to fall back in the hole. And so the book takes you to all of the modalities of healing that I went through, kind of documents some of that and some of the pathway that we went through on our way out and then give some resources in the end on where you can go to get help, you know, including our foundation, of course, but we're not those people like you have to come to our foundation. You have to give us money. It's like give money to a foundation of of your choice that you want people to help, but do your research, make sure they they do good things with that money. Right. But reach out and help any way you can for people. Um, Veterans don't want war. Or military people don't want war more than anybody because they're the ones I have to go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, it messes them up. And then people look at that like, oh, military people are aggressive and angry. Well, yeah, those are tools that we use to win in combat. Now we just need help to shed those um, and understanding. You know, we, we don't want to give anybody anything, and we certainly don't at our foundation. We don't give them um, – well, we give them the opportunity to work. Right. And, and we make them pay for their own travel. So they have some skin in the game because if you give somebody something free all the way through, they don't respect it. They don't appreciate it. And they'll pull out the last second and then, Oh, by the way, we can't bring other people now. It's too late. So we make them pay for the travel, but everything else is covered for them to spend a nice relaxing weekend with their spouse and learn about each other date night activities with the therapist and, and, and classes in the day about triggers and reconnecting. So that book takes you all the way through that. And that's what the foundation takes you through. So it's kind of, and it is a war story book with a love story and the hero actually being my wife, but it's also for first responders and anyone, because I tell people whether you're a private or a general or the CEO or you work in the mailroom, mm-hmm. when you, when you go home, you're someone's spouse and they don't care what you do at work. Right. They want you to be a, a spouse and, and, and have connection and, and pitch in and help and love the family. Yep. So bringing your work home, they don't really, they don't want to, they don't want to see that. Right. You know, they, they yeah. want you to go come 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 to work at home now. Yes, Treat, yeah, like it's a, a different exactly. You know, it's it's um, and the thing is, you know, if you, if you've had a bad day, you come in through the door and say, you know what, it's been a bad day. I need to decompose. Right? Then the person knows. Okay, let dad have his time, or right. or you know, we need to pamper dad for a little while so that he can readjust over. Same with mum, whoever's coming in through the door. Um, because it, just to expect you to switch off, I'm at home now, is also unrealistic. And I, you know, I really do feel, own it. If you're having a bad day, own it. But don't, you know, I, I say, tap into your emotions, but don't become emotional about them. Right. Those emotions are an indication of where you're at right now. Recognize where you're at. What do I need to do to remove on from this emotion? into a better Absolutely. emotion and don't go, I'm in this emotion <laughs> because that it means you're stuck in it and you're going to pull everyone else down with it. But- That's when I tell warriors, I'm like, Oh, so you lost a battle with that? I'm like, no, I didn't lose anything. Oh, well then don't let your emotions overwhelm you then. Right. Own yeah. your own emotions then, you know, mm-hmm. work within them, but own them and don't take them out on other people. Right. And you know, it's human nature. We do, you know, we're, we're very quick to judge. We're not very forgiving. Uh, we, uh, we seem to have this nature of loving, pulling people down and tearing them to pieces. Mm. Um, you know, we've created a lot of narcissism and, uh, or total dis- disconnect. And a lot of our disease today is from dis-ease. And, you know, a lot of vets will, will get cancer, will get other problems because of that dis-ease within themselves. And it's imperative that you find that equilibrium within you. You find that balance. 
Your demons are always going to be there, but you've got to get to a point where they no longer control you. They pop up and you go, oh, hi, mate. You know, I, yes, I know you're still there, but you have no control over my life anymore, right? Absolutely. And that's where the awareness is key for us, yeah. is recognizing that you're the aggressive human right now in an area that doesn't require the aggressiveness. Right. So you've lost control of it. So you're not a warrior. Become a warrior and, and take charge of that. You know, I use those terms to reach them because they don't like the medical terms. They don't like mm -hmm. the psychotherapy yeah. terms. They don't like the therapist terms because they feel too foo-foo-y for them or something. Right. So we try to put some barbed wire around those kind words, you know, so yeah. that they can embrace it Buffing better. It and say, okay. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a manly word now. <laughs> Same thing with the uh, vulnerability, you know, yes. we don't want, we're not vulnerable. Well, you have to be courageous. Yes. To be yes. vulnerable. So those words are interchangeable to me right. because you have to, you're always vulnerable going out the gate. So you have to be courageous, but you were vulnerable first. And right. you allowed yourself to be vulnerable by going out the gate. It's the same with your emotions. It's the same with your family. It's the same with your friends. Be vulnerable. I, I, I decided to step out on the dance floor first if I had to. Talk about how horrible I treated people mm -hmm. and how I got there and why. So others would say, well, if you can admit it, maybe I can admit it. Maybe I can come out and be on the dance floor with you. So took that step. Right. And that's a courageous step. And, you know, that's the reason why I do these shows. You know, this show is going to sit with someone out there going, okay, yeah, I, I'm owning it. I've got the anger and I, I don't know how to speak to my wife. And, and, you know, I don't know how to admit that I'm suffering because I'm a soldier. And whether you're a soldier vet or whether you're just a soldier from being bullying or from anything else right. in your life, you know, it doesn't matter. It's uh, how, do we in, how do we become the warrior in our own life and stop being the warrior? Correct. It, and I get, I get it every, every day from people, we're a special operations um, nonprofit, right? And, and I get it from just other veterans. I don't know who they are when I'm talking to them. I help them out anyway. And then right. I have the people like, why don't, why don't you help all the veterans? Why do you only do special operations? Well, one, I can't help all the veterans because it's a financial burden and a numbers thing. Two, special operations is what I know. So yeah. it's my general area and it's the people I know, not because I don't care about anyone else, but we don't turn other people down, but we direct people to a foundation for them as well. Right. And so that's our, our big next push is online content. We have some like a six week mind and body on our website that people can take for free that we used to sell. Just go get it. It's a six week reset, mind and body reset. Mm -hmm. You know, what you put in your mouth goes to your gut, goes to your brain. Mm -hmm. So if you're not eating right, you're not thinking right. So that's one step of getting right Two, it's, it's got the connection piece on the social media where people help you help each other in those groups but we want to put out a, um, an online piece for people to download no matter who you are around the world. So you have reach and access and, and materials to read and understand that, Oh, it's okay. Cause my book wasn't a book that I wanted to ever write about me or any right. stories. It was a book to reach people to tell how I got where I was and how I got out of it because that's the important thing for me. And Oh, by the way, here's a foundation to help you get that way. Not just our foundation, but we have multiple foundations on ours that we send people to. If that's not what we do. Um, taking everyone's excuse away from not getting help mm. to include, to include the excuse that I don't need help because I haven't found anyone on this planet that doesn't need help in no. some way. In some way or other. Exactly. Right. I'm glad you actually mentioned the gut. Um, again, the numerous shows that I do on the gut and people don't realize that your colon, your liver and your kidneys are the most vital organs in your body. And if they're not being fed properly, they will affect the rest of your body including your brain 
um, and uh, your muscles and your heart and everything else. And this is the reason why cancer is an 80% emotional disease. And we're seeing so much more depression today and more anxiety today. And we're seeing people with more diabetes and everything else today. And a lot of that is what goes into our body. It also, which I have a huge full part show on there uh, to do with the vaccines, which was an eye opener and in itself a different warfare uh, that we're under attack with. And I think it's a lot of people just want to go, la, 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 I don't want to know, I don't want to know. But the more you know, the more control it gives you over your own choices. Right. And, you know, don't be afraid of the knowledge that might be a little shocking out there or, my God, really? I've been doing this and I didn't know. Now I know I can make choices to change. And that's the point. If you're willing to change by putting good in you, good for you, and exuding good out of you, you will see why life is so beautiful. Exactly. But you've got to be willing to change. And that means the whole of you. Yeah, it, it is certainly holistic in how you want to change, especially after something so complex as PTS. Um, yes. And you know, once you've got PTS, you've always got it, right? It's right. just, it's the management of it. That's it. Absolutely. And everyone says they felt fine when they were in, and I did too. Mm -hmm. I was connected. I also worked out six times a day. I also ate like I knew I was supposed to eat. I took care of my body because that was my job to be in the peak condition so I can carry all that weight in combat. So that was step one. Step two, I was focused on what I was doing. I had a goal and a mission. I was in a tribe, number three, with all people like me. So I was surrounded. I was hurting inside, I'm sure, but I was surrounded. Yeah. Now remove all of that at one time. When you retire, everyone takes a break. You no longer have the facilities to work out six times a day. Right. You get to the point where you don't have to drive if your body's beaten down. The tribe's gone. You're eating poorly now. And, and you wonder what's wrong with you. Right. Yeah, you know, I wake people up. I want to shake them awake and go, look back. You're living in the rearview mirror of the days you think you're a stud. So my mind still thinks I'm a stud. And I'm talking about myself right now, too. My mind still thinks I can go out and do a 20-mile run and go to the gym and lift and swim. And I'm like, I couldn't get a quarter mile down the street, probably get a cramp, you know? So <laughs> especially men, their minds live in that, that last high school football touchdown right. pass they threw. Remember that day? I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't need to remember that day. I already have the tools I've learned from it. I'm looking out the windshield now to right. my future. Yes. The only thing I can affect is the present, which will shape my future. So the past really doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah the gift of the present is in the now. And, you know, the thing is, what you do now is actually seeding your tomorrows. Absolutely. And then you need to water and nurture those seeds. We take from the past good memories. Ah, oh, that, you know, because what, what do we look back on in our old age? You know, the good memories. And, you know, if you look back on the bad memories, you go, oh, God, what was I thinking? Oh, whoa, I didn't like that. But it, it, you look at it in a way where you're no longer emotionally attached to it. Right. And right, it's like, oh, I wish I'd known better then. But why beat yourself up about because you didn't? You know better now. Right. That's the point. What is in your now? And if you're paying attention to your now, your tomorrow is going to be a lot better. It's that electric fence story. You know, I'll never touch that fence again. But, mm -hmm. you know, every, everyone's touched it once. Yes. Does it work? You know, if I smack Don't touch it the fence. Why not? <laughs> right. Look back on that and learn. You were given yeah. information of what not to do and what to do. And you did the not. And look mm. what happened, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, I mean, we're going to always be learning. You know, I'm way older than you and I'm always learning every day. And that's also what makes life so exciting. You know, we don't want to get stuck in complacency or I know it all or I'm comfortable now. I don't need to do anything else. You'll stagnate. 
you know, look at a pond that isn't generating anything. Water, air, our blood, our energy has to always be in flow. That's how we're designed. Our DNA is always in flow. So don't rest on your laurels. Don't get complacent. Don't get stuck in one place because that's when the contamination sets in. I think that's when you start to die is when you yes. stop, stop learning, you stop yeah. progressing, you start to die. Yeah. People fail. And then if whenever they fail and stop, I go, that's where you'll always be is right where you yeah. fail. Everyone the thing fails. Failure is when you stop though, isn't it? Right. You know, that's, Oh, I fail. I'm never going to do it again. Well, all that so-called failure was, is that you tried something, it didn't work. Well, now you know that doesn't work. Let's try something else. Narrowing it down. Redirect. <laughs> yes. So you, we wouldn't have the light bulb if Einstein hadn't done it 1,000 times. <laughs> I, I always like to say the greatest failure is the failure to try because oh, not yes. trying at all is the biggest failure. Yeah. Everything else is expected. You're going to try up. and try. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are designed to constantly be wondrous and adventurous and explorers. And if we step that into that, what right. if? What if I did this? I wonder what it'd be like to do that. I should give this a try. And if we change our approach to life, then life is going to feed us back, isn't it? It is. And it's like I said earlier, it's, it's what I chose to look at. It's what yeah. I chose to focus on becomes your reality. Yeah. Your thoughts become your words, become your actions. And what you choose to focus on becomes your reality. All of those things I've been reading about and finding and hearing through different people, uh, Brene Brown and Gabriel Bernstein and these other books I've read, that my, I would have never read in the past. Mm -hmm. I would tell you that right now. My friends, I, almost one of those things, uh, what book are you reading now? I'm like, oh, uh, Brene Brown, you know? And they're like, what? <laughs> but the things I'm learning are the mm -hmm. things I need to learn right now. That's you know, right. I, don't, I don't need to read a guns and ammo book. I'm pretty right. good there. I don't need to buy those every day. I need mm -hmm. to read a book of something I'm not familiar with so I can learn and progress yeah. and, and better myself. Exactly. And, and you know, knowledge is, is massive. You know, and uh, we will latch on to a certain knowledge and that becomes a, an enthusiasm to, to pursue. And then you've pursued it to a point and it's like, okay, you know, it's now resting on its own. What else can I do? And then right. it's always that progressiveness of moving forward. You know, a positive attitude will always lead to a positive gratitude. And if you don't change your attitude, you're never going to discover uh, gratitude, are you? No, not at all. I, I used to lead, uh, lead in fear. Um, mm. you know, aggressiveness and fear and, and uh, yeah, this will happen to you if you don't, you know, yeah. and, and I was bringing that home to the, to my stepchildren. If you don't clean the dishes, you're going to lose your phone. I'm like, why don't I go straight to the punishment? You know, why don't I just tell them what I need to do? And then when they don't, then I'll have a talk with them. I'm already, I'm already figuring out they're not going to do it. So I was, I was leading in fear. And when you, when you lead with love. Yeah. Then people you know, want to do it for you. Right. Yeah. I was leading with fear. They'll do it for me when I'm there. But when I leave, who knows what they're doing because right. they don't love me. They, they fear me. So if you leave with love, yeah. if you're there, they do it great. And if you're gone, they're still going to do it to help you out and make you look good because they appreciate you and they know that you appreciate them. So be the inspiration that becomes the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Learning it all along the way. <laughs> yes. And then so much more to learn. You know, you're going to learn so much from the feedback to your book. And I'm sure that you've learned a great deal from the people at the foundation. And those learnings and those teachings will now be applied into something else, you know, into an expansion of something else. Because when people give you feedback, and please, folks, do give feedback. 
um, positive, please. You know, or you can you can say something. I didn't like that, but don't come at people guns blazing, right? We just we've got enough warfare. Um, you know, it's about constructive criticism. Um, I would like that, but I would I would love you to do this too. And then that gives you okay. That sounds like a good idea. We can apply that. Right. And so it's be a part of the community. You're you're setting the ground. And now for people to contribute and be a part of that community to make it even better and go even further and serve even more people is what it's all about. You're the inspiration. I love doing it. I love the feedback. I love Authors Portal on Amazon. I, people can write about the book and I love the, I don't, I don't need to hear, I loved your book, thanks. You know, I, yeah. I appreciate that. But I love the ones that I read that, that, they kind of break it down for yes. them, their point of view. And I read it, I'm like, wow, I didn't think of that. Yeah, I could have added more. That's good. Maybe the next book or if I do another one, that'd be great. And I love all the social media messages and the emails that come in on our foundation site about the book and about the help that we've given them. Because like you said, I learned from it. Yeah. I, they're all different people. And if I know that person, it's even more of a meaningful um, review because I can kind of place it from who it came from. But from people I don't know, and I'll go back and I'll, I'll look at who they were so I can kind of get a look into their life and go, oh, wow, man, I love that. You know, and then you get those people like, oh, they're a scam. They're a scam, scam, scam. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. who are you and why is this happening? Delete, <laughs> you know? delete, yeah. delete. You don't need the negativity. Don't even allow it in, right? The one yeah. bad apple. I you know, as, like, that's not what we're saying is that how the stories, just him sharing his story. Absolutely. Um, and, and how it affected people in different ways and how they came back to him. He said it's been so much more rewarding for him than anything else because you know that you've touched someone's life. You've made it relatable yeah. to them. You've made it part of their healing code. Yeah. And that's really the greatest gift you can give. I love the service of helping people in need mm -hmm. and I love to hear people find joy in a phone call. They'll, they'll call and they'll try to talk and they'll start bawling and I'll go ahead. Yep. No, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Keep I cry until it's out, man. And then, and then we'll talk when you're ready. I'm here. And, and yeah. then, and then we go. And when we hang up laughing, it's like, wow, I know that person. Um, I know I, I reached them. I know that they're not fixed and they're not, you know, but right. I know that they're on their way They've shifted. They've with shifted. another tool. And yeah. at least tonight they'll feel good. And if they continue tomorrow and the next day they can, that'll be more, more of the habit. Feeling good will be more of the habit versus feeling bad. Right. Exactly. Well, I thank you very much for the work that you're doing. And as I said, you know, I really do celebrate the veterans who are out there serving the veterans and it doesn't just serve the veterans. It's, you know, the extension of what it, it serves as well. So will you share how people can be a part of the retreat, what your site is and also where they can find your book and your book title? Yeah, they can find the book and everything on our site, allsecurefoundation.org. Um, you can find the book on there. We have different resources on there for those that need help. We'll post the dates of our retreats. So they fill up pretty quick. Um, I think this year's nearly full now. And um, you can also contribute on the, on the website as well. We always need donations. You can, you can buy hats, the book, the shirts. All those proceeds go to help veterans for the programs that we, we run. Um, I think we're at about 80% right now that that all the funding goes straight for programs for all the veterans Wonderful. so and that those veterans don't pay anything the veterans and their spouses don't pay anything on these retreats minus the travel but also there's email on there info that you can send in if you want to help and you don't have the finances to help 
any amount doesn't matter. People are like, right. I'm sorry, I would give more. I, thank you for $5 as yeah. much as thank you for $1,000 because yeah. it means something to me and I know that's what you could give. Right. But we all, the email you can also send in with ways that other, other ways you can help. We have a lot of volunteers that do things that help us out. But like if you're a therapist or you're a child therapist, and you want to offer a couple of services or a phone service for a child or things like that. People can be creative because everyone has a responsibility. And we ask people, what's your response to your ability? We don't know your ability right now. So you have to tell us how you can help us. Right. Exactly. And, you know, um, we have a site being built right now called Discovering Communities and it's discovering communities like yours. And we have a mentorship program and uh, I'm inviting you to be a part of that mentorship program. Um, and we, we also will have a funding program there that will actually help subsidize um, those mentorship programs as well. Wow. So, um, you know, your, your kind of organizations that are out there that are really, we've got to understand we need to invest in people. You know, it is people right. planet before profit. And it's when we invest in the people, we invest in the planet, we invest in each other. That's when we truly see the real enrichment of life, the true abundance of what life is meant to be. And it's just one drop in every pond counts. And, you know, you're a bucket out there. And I just want to see that bucket grow and have its ripple effect. So um, I invite you to come and join us on that. And I'll speak to you more about that. But Absolutely. thank you so much for sharing. Because and I, for me personally, the people that are doing the greatest things for humanity are those that have gone through their own battlefield. And, you know, you understand what is needed because it was what you needed in order to heal. And that's the best kind of teacher you can have. Well, I really appreciate it. And I thank you very much. And thank you for having me on. This has been amazing. I've actually learned during this as well. And I appreciate everything you've said to me. <laughs> oh, I want to, I want to get done and jot some things down really fast. <laughs> <laughs> so again, the site is, allsecurefoundation.org allsecurefoundation.org and everything is on there you know um we don't have to wait for christmas to gift a book if you have a veteran friend or family you know give it to them if you've got a community um you know donate it to the community library donate it to the library um there are people out there that are going through their own battles in life it doesn't have to be you know, the, the war one, but they'll relate because that battlefield you are on is the same battlefield that people are on in their own lives. And it's Absolutely. how do we get out of it? That's the main thing. How do we get out of it? Life is not to be avoided. You can't jump over it. There's no app that you can get to download. You've got to be willing to take the journey and go through it. And once you've reached that other side, you'll understand what it's all about. It's an, it's an amazing journey. I can, yeah. I can guarantee we'll find that happiness for people um, Absolutely. If, if they'll allow it. If they will allow it. And that means that goes back to you've got to be willing to participate in your own healing and your right. investment in your own self. This is work you're having to do, right? Yeah, Just as you would people, for any other people, job, yeah. you know? Yeah. People, people don't come to us and we give them happiness. They come no. to us, we give them the tools to work find on happens. their own happiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And you've got to be able to apply. And uh, there is no quick fix, folks. Uh, and the quicker the fix is, the more you participate. Honestly, openly, vulnerably, courageously, and discover your strength. Because it's right. in every one of us, right? Absolutely. And my wife would be angry with me if I did not put out that we're doing a book giveaway All right. on, on our social media pages. We have Facebook, All Secure Foundation, uh, Twitter, all, at All Secure Vets, or... Um, on LinkedIn, actually, there's a link out there as well under All Secure Foundation that if you tag a friend, both of you could win a, a free book and free t-shirt signed by me as well. So 
Wonderful. And remember this, you know, you may go, I don't know anything about war. I don't even know of it. Well, how about get to know one through the book? I guarantee you will have a much different respect when you look at all veterans afterwards, right? Not just veterans, even the first responders, everybody that goes and puts themselves on the line for you. Yeah, it's not just a war book. It's about life in general and how to get out of the struggle and ways ahead. And and lots of love stories in there as well. So Wonderful. Right. And that's what we want. Some love stories. We want to know that that's the inner love. Love prevails. It's a higher vibration, higher frequency. We want everyone to get there. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here with us today, Tom, and, and, you know, for taking this journey and willing to be so courageously vulnerable we all benefit from it. So thank you for the work that you're doing. And most certainly we're going to get you out there and, and have more and more people and just, you know, just sign up. You're going to have to duplicate yourselves and realize that you're not going to Absolutely. take on more people. <laughs> Start cloning. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. I certainly appreciate it very much. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So everyone remember, it doesn't matter what the journey is or what the path was, whether you are a vet or a first responder or just somebody trying to get through life. We all go through the battle, but it's the question of going through it. Who do we become because of it? What do we end up contributing? And how do we create those smiles out for everyone else? Because that's what it's all about. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. To find many more shows of inspiration, please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com, podcasts, and you will see an array of shows to choose from. Please do visit our www.discoveringcommunities.org and see what else that we have in store for you. Do enjoy our next show.